Hello and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode today, we're talking about email marketing and specifically how to increase your email open rate. This topic was triggered by a conversation I've been having over email, funnily enough, this week um, with a business who has been running some email marketing. And the question they asked was, our email open rate seems to be going down over time and we're not too sure what to do about it. So we started having a conversation and found out that it was actually entirely predictable that their open rate was going down and they were falling foul of a whole bunch of different mistakes. So we thought we'd make a video, which is on YouTube, and this podcast episode summarizing some of the ways that you can improve your email open rate, specifically by using great subject lines that trigger curiosity and also by the language and the topics in your emails in a way that's designed to educate your recipients email platforms that actually your emails are the sort of thing they want to read. One of the problems that we see these days with email marketing is the Gmail promotions tab or the Outlook equivalent. So getting past the Gmail promotion tab, getting into the primary inbox, and then obviously having the relationship with the person so they actually want to read your emails is what today's topic is all about. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Okay, so obviously we're talking today about how to increase the open rate of your business emails. If you're having trouble getting the emails that you're sending to your friends opened, that's another topic. But actually, is it? Because when you're writing to your friends, you're sending a personalized message with some sort of value and relevance to them. One of the mistakes that we can all fall into when we're sending out broadcast emails to our email list is that we tend to go into this kind of broadcast voice where we're talking to a mass group of people in very generic terms. The typical sort of welcome email subscribers to this email newsletter type thing. And this is obviously not the sort of email that most people like to read. People like to read emails that are relevant and interesting to them not some kind of mass broadcast where every recipient is treated as a kind of generic human unit in an email database. So this links into our first point, which is get into the mindset of your email recipients before you start writing your emails. Now, I've noticed that there are two types of people out there. There are the inbox zero folk. So inbox zero folk are people like my wife who at the end of every day has to have no emails left in her inbox. She has to have processed or deleted all of them, okay? Maybe that is you. Then there are the folk that I call notification numbness. Um, I am one of them, by the way, who have thousands, tens of thousands, in my case, over 700,000 unread emails in my inbox. And I've become essentially numb to new inbound email. But really both types, whether you're an inbox zero person or you're a notification numbness person, have a very similar process that they go through when an email arrives. They're thinking, can I safely ignore or delete this? I think there's a temptation when we're sending out an email to our email list that our recipients are, you know, oh great, here's an email from Exposure Ninja. Let me just uh, grab my iPad, let me just make a coffee and I'll go and sit in the conservatory and give this email my full undivided attention for as long as is warranted. Well, this really isn't how people are getting your emails. You know, they might be flicking through their phone, they might be watching TV and they get a notification, they might be on the toilet just swiping through and the email comes through. Now at this point, 
they're in complete deletion mode as most of us are when we're checking our emails. It's kind of like for notification folk like me, it's kind of like a Twitter feed, right? What can I safely ignore? What are the things that I actually need to take note of? For my wife, the inbox zero folk, it's what do I actually need to do something with and what can I just safely archive? Okay, so this is the mindset that your recipients are in when they're receiving your email. So we can see from this immediately that sending some kind of generic self-congratulatory promotional email is unlikely to get through this mental filter, which leads us on to the topic of email subject lines. Now, email subject lines are the primary filter mechanism that people have when they're deciding whether you can be safely ignored or whether they need to engage with your email. And by the way, it's a little bit more complex than that. It's basically the perceived value in your subject line combined with the relationship they have with the sender. Those two things will combine and um, help them decide whether or not they're going to engage with it. So I'm looking at an email here from Six Restaurant, which is on top of Trent Bridge. It's a fantastic, beautiful restaurant with an amazing food and a great view over West Bridgeford in Nottingham, one of my favorite places in the world. Now the email subject line is we are award winners. Okay, so obviously I did not read this email. Why would I read this email? I like the restaurant, but we are award winners. Well, that's good for you. That has absolutely zero relevance to anything in my life. I remember listening to an old Brian Tracy recording and uh, he said something on the lines of people don't care about you. They don't care if your entire life goes up in flames any more than they care about what they're about to have for dinner. And as brutal as Brian can be, he's got a point. I don't care how many awards Six Restaurant have won. That has absolutely no relevance to my world at all. So sending this sort of email is really how we educate our recipients and also our recipients' email platforms to safely ignore our emails. What will happen over time is I will stop reading the emails from Six because they're always boring. They're always completely irrelevant to me. Gmail, my email platform, will notice this and gradually it will shunt them into the promotions tab so I never even have to see them ever again. Eventually, I will get a notification at the top of Gmail that says, you haven't opened or responded to any emails from Six in a while. Do you want to unsubscribe? And then I can click a button in Gmail without ever opening the Six email to just safely unsubscribe me from the list. This is obsolescence. This is really the opposite of what we want to do. And it starts with the subject line, a really boring subject line with very low perceived value. What I did is I went through the emails that we've sent out to our audience at Exposure Ninja over the years, and I ordered these broadcasts by open rate to see what sort of subject lines got people to open emails. And it was kind of interesting. I'm gonna read some of these to you. Um, obviously, it kind of looks a little bit better on the screen. So if you wanna to go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja, then you'll find the video version of this. But I'm gonna read them out to you anyway. So first email subject line, an idea, okay? An idea is not capitalized. So A is capitalized in an, and then idea is all lowercase. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Next email, asking for your advice, again, sentence cased, not title case. Next email, RE video. Uh, next email, please don't lie to my wife. So what do we notice about all of these emails? And by the way, I'm particularly proud of please don't lie to my wife. Had a bunch of responses to that email from people saying great subject line. You had me go in there for a minute. Um, what do we notice about all of these? Well, an idea, asking for your advice regarding the video, please don't lie to my wife. They're all designed to arouse curiosity. They also could potentially be personal some of them more than others. Please don't lie to my wife. I challenge you to ignore an email that comes in like that. 
So they're designed to arouse curiosity, which is going to encourage the click. And they're also potentially personal, which means that if you've ever spoken to me before, or you've had much interaction with Exposure Ninja, you might feel bad deleting them. Because if your friend sends you an email, usually if you're a reasonably decent person, you feel some kind of obligation to at least read it and then probably reply. What you don't do is just delete it or put it in the spam. So that's the sort of um, thing that we want to tap into when we're sending our emails, if we want to increase our open rate. There's a concept uh, from the uh, the late great Gary Halbert of the A pile and the B pile. So Gary used to work in direct response and particularly sending out direct mail. Like this was uh, one of the things that he worked on with his clients. And he had this great concept of the A pile and the B pile. And the A pile and the B pile says that when your uh, potential customers receive a letter from you, firstly, they open their letters or they sort their mail over a waste paper basket. So they're choosing to either put it on the A pile, which means it's personal, I need to open it, or the B pile, which means it's probably promotional, it's probably something I don't need to read, and therefore that just goes straight in the bin. We're using exactly the same approach here. Think of A pile or primary tab and B pile or promotions tab. What can you write to your recipients, which actually they're gonna have to open because they're interested in it and there is a kind of personal angle. Now, obviously what we don't wanna do is use a title like, please don't lie to my wife, and then they click to open it and it's just your generic HTML newsletter packed full of you know, irrelevant offers. Right? There has to be a connection. It has to be not just clickbait. So in this example, please don't lie to my wife, referenced the quote from David Ogilvy, which I referred to in the email, and that took us into the, into the topic in the email. So it has to be relevant. It has to be connected. But if we think about this, this is also going to force us into writing a more personal style email, which is actually more likely to be relevant and interesting to our audience anyway. Okay, so remember that the job of your email subject line is to get the email opened. That's it. The job of the email subject line is not to start pre-selling people on what they need to do or it's not to sell them on your business or your product or your service. That's for another day. The job of the email subject line is just to get the email opened. Okay, um, now we're going to talk a little bit about the first line of the email because obviously once they've seen the subject line, particularly if it's enticing or curious, then we've also got a bit of an A pile, B pile thing when they read the first line of your email when they're deciding whether or not they're going to continue reading. Remember, you're only ever one click away from pornography or cats or whatever people are into, right? So you've got to really keep their attention. Uh, wh what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at some different emails. And again, this is something that potentially works slightly better over video. Uh, but we're going to have a look at some different emails and think about whether we think that they are good um, opening emails or whether they're dreadful, horrendous waste of the world's resources. <laughs> First one. Uh, the first one is an HTML formatted email. The first words that we see are trouble viewing this message. Click here. So when you see that at the top of an email, what does it tell you? It tells you most of the time that it's garbage that can safely be ignored, right? Because this is an HTML type newsletter and they've sent this link at the top because in case the email doesn't properly format in people's email browsers, right? So immediately that's a flag that this is junk. Okay, it gets worse, don't worry. Um, the, the opening line is, hello, Tim is practicing. Now, Tim is practicing is the first part of the email address that this email was sent to. So they don't have my name. What they've done is they've mail merged or whatever the email version of mail merge is, the first part of the email address instead. So in an attempt to be personal, they've been significantly less personal than if they just said, hey, 
right? Um, the next line of the email says, the following items on your wish list are on sale. Now, to be fair, this is actually reasonably personal because the wish list is obviously a personal thing. So there is relevance to people there. But the whole tone of the email tells me I can safely, safely ignore this. All right. The next email uh, opening line, people like you are searching for. <laughs> okay, this is not only rubbish, it actually makes me pretty angry because people like you are searching for treats me not as an individual, not as the email recipient, but as one in a massive crowd of people, a kind of generic human unit that has been um, turned into a, you know, a, a customer cohort or something based on my experience and my browsing behavior and all that type of stuff. It's rubbish, okay? When we want to talk to our email audience, what we don't want to do is stand on stage and broadcast out to you, the plural, because this isn't, people aren't in a crowd. They don't feel like they're in a crowd. When I'm going through my emails, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm in a big crowd. Look at all of us together. I'm thinking I'm an individual. Talk to me personally. Uh, here's another email. You asked, so we got this Facebook and website chatbot back on a one-time deal for you. It'll be monthly very soon. Same thing, you asked. No, I didn't ask. What you mean is some people asked, or in most cases, actually nobody asked, but we wanted to reopen the deal to increase fake scarcity. Right, you asked is, is garbage. Unless that person asks, then what we're doing is just lumping them, everyone in the same group. I'm not in that group. So many of you have been asking, you'll notice we never say that at Exposure Ninja because we'd rather talk to an individual than just to say, oh, lots of you have been asking. There's a patronized authority complex there which really doesn't work. So when you're writing an email, write one-on-one, -on -one. write as if you're talking to one person rather than a big group of people. Here's another email start. Um, Hi Tim, doesn't it seem odd that we're already sitting comfortably into February when it only felt like New Year's Eve last week? We certainly think so. We've been busy these past few weeks and today we want to share, highlight a few things to you. Okay, this is the newsletter speak. This is newsletter mode. You would never write this to an individual. Go on this kind of monologue about the passage of time. It's just bizarre and it's a total waste of people's time. So what would you write to a single person? If you wanted to share some updates from your company, what would you write to a single person? Well, you might find that exercise difficult because actually you probably just wouldn't write to an individual person to share some updates from your company. And maybe there's a lesson there. Maybe we only want to write to people when there's actually something in it for them. Otherwise, it's just we are winning awards, right? It's the same kind of rubbish. So a little bit pointless. Um, here's a good example. Hey Tim, on Friday afternoon at 4pm, I'm running a brand new and free online training where I'll be walking you through a simple three-step marketing campaign I recently used to get so many leads, 123 new customers, 78k in sales, all with zero ad spend. Okay, it's very short, it's very to the point, it's very, very benefits focused on the recipient. I'm gonna walk you through a simple process that did this so you can see how it works. It's brilliant, okay? That is the angle that we wanna take. Now, of course, there's gonna be a pitch in there. No one is just sharing information for free unless you're Exposure Ninja without hope of something in return. So we know that there's gonna be a pitch in there, but the angle of the information, the angle of the content is, hey, let me just show you how it works. And this is a really good way to position things like case studies and um, you know stories about the products and services that you're offering through examples. Much better than saying, hey, we've got some updates for you. We've just increased the RAM on our super duper product, but it's, it's, it's meaningless to people. Much better to talk about, here's a result, 
the sort of result that you would be interested in getting, let me show you how we did it. Much better. Uh, here's another good example. Have you seen this man, Tim? Well, chances are you have because he's been seen well over 3.75 billion times, I think that says, or three, yeah, 3.7 billion times and counting in just 18 months. Well, it's curious. That's interesting. There's a big stat in there that arouses my curiosity. I'm very interested in finding out who this is and, and what they do. So these are the sorts of approaches that you can take with your email first lines and your email subject lines that actually gets people involved. Now, obviously, this doesn't work for every single business. If you had a personal email from Jeff at Amazon.com saying, you know, hey, Tim, I've just noticed that you've been reading the how to get to the top of Google book. It's great, isn't it? I absolutely love it as well. Here's another one that you might be interested in. That would just be weird. So there are going to be times when we can't take a personal approach. But if your business has a figurehead or a spokesperson in it, then I would really strongly encourage you to use that person to build a relationship with your email list because it's much easier for people to build a relationship with a person and it doesn't have to be an interactive relationship or it doesn't have to be a you know an actually interactive relationship they just have to become familiar and have that recognition thing that's much easier to build with a person than with a company i also want to talk about plain text versus html now you won't see this in the podcast because obviously it's an audio experience um, but the the good examples that we've looked at here are all what look like plain text emails i.e they're the sort of thing that you'd get from a friend when you send your friend an email, what you don't do is format something fancy with HTML and like links to blog posts and all this type of stuff. That stuff you only get from companies. And because you only get it from companies, you know that when you get something like that, it's from <laughs> a company. So you can safely ignore it. So we tend to find that plain text style emails, where possible and where it fits with the brand's tone of voice, get a much better open rate and also have much less chance of triggering the promotions tab filters in stuff like Gmail. So just to summarize then, write your emails in a personalized style. Arouse curiosity with your, um, your email subject lines and with your first line of copy. If possible, write from a character in the business so people can build up a relationship with that person. And then also think about writing to an individual rather than broadcasting to a massive audience where you're imagining you on stage and them out in the crowd because they don't see themselves in a crowd. They see their inbox. They don't see the other people that they're on the email list with. So that crowd dynamic doesn't work. It's a individual to individual communication method. And by the way, if you're listening to this thinking, yeah, that's fine for B2C, but it really won't work for us because we're B2B. No, trust me it will explosion injuries b2b as well you are a business or you have a business this stuff works whether you're b2b or b2c because newsflash if you're selling b2b you're actually not selling to a business you're selling to people inside the business your email is not going to business inbox and it's being read by this entity called a business it's going into a human's inbox and they are making the a pile b pile decisions just like any consumer so i hope you found this episode useful if you have, then Exposure Ninja does email marketing for clients. This is one of the services that we offer. If you're interested in finding out whether you'd be able to work with us, then what you can do is head over to our website, all new, by the way, at ExposureNinja.com and click the button to request a free review and plan from our team. 
Now, if we think that we might be a good fit to work together, we'll take a look at your current email marketing, or if you're not doing any, we'll design a plan for you to be doing some, and we'll let you know how we'd be able to work together and go through the process there of putting together a plan to get this type of email marketing in place. So go to exposureninja.com forward slash review to request your review and plan, and see you next week.